Hey, Guy Raz! Hey, Mindy. Whoa, is, is that a claw machine? Sure is. I engineered it myself. Uh, who is that hanging upside down from it? Is that your... Grandma? Yeah, you remember Grandma G-Force? Uh, okay, your upside-down grandma is the claw? I know. Genius, right? She's hanging upside down by her toes, using her prize-winning fingernail claws to grab everything we need for today's show. Uh... Okay, let's fire this thing up. The day force is activated! <laughs> oh, look, I think she got a Pokemon! What? <gasps> She's picking up the pollution! Why is your claw machine filled with pollution? Oh, you'll see. Oh, quick, what do you want her to get next? Okay, uh, can you see if she can catch that national park way, way in the back? And yeah, she's going for it. How about the jet plane over there uh, uh, to the right? <laughs> Mindy, what is my cell phone doing in there? <gasps> yes! It looks like she was able to grab everything that we need for today's show, Guy Raz. <gasps> Except for your cell phone. She dropped it. Sorry. Oh, no. I'm going to climb in to get it. Not so fast there, big guy. First, we have to take all this stuff and turn it into a show. Uh, and, and then can we get my cell phone? Oh, let me try. Ooh. I don't know, Guy Raz. Judging by the way that G-Force is candy crushing it on your phone over there. Is what? I think you're going to have to fight her for it. deal with this later. Yeah. Because right now, it's time for Wow in the World. Wow in the World. Hey, Guy Ross, what are you doing? Oh, oh hey, Mindy. Uh, I'm just uh, playing some Pokemon Go here in, in the backyard. Uh, you're playing Pokemon Go? Guy Ross, you told me if I played that game, my eyeballs would pop out of my head. Uh, uh, Mindy, can, can, can you please move to your left a little? I, I, I want to I try to capture this Squirtle. Just missed it. D- did you just say Squirtle? Guy Raz, what is happening to you? You don't play video games. You drink kombucha. H- hold on, ho- hold on, Mindy. I-, I think I see Psyduck hiding behind that tree. What? Hold it right there, Psyduck. Here no. I come. Oh, are you okay, little buddy? Uh, Speak to me. Speak to me. Tell me I can have your car uh, keys. My aching back. Oh. Just missed that Psyduck so close. Okay, what is going on with you, Guy Raz? You don't play video games. You don't even like screens. You won't even watch the TV at the gas pump. Oh, oh yeah, you're you're right, Mindy. I, I I don't know what got into me. One minute I was lounging on this chair, just enjoying a warm summer afternoon, reading the latest edition of the Journal of Media Psychology, and the next minute I'm. Uh, uh, Playing Pokemon Go. Okay, that's weird. Right? <gasps> Wait a minute, Guy Raz. I think I found a clue. Look, it's right here in your Journal of Media Psychology. A clue? Yeah, it's right here on page seven. Look, the title says Pokemon Go as a catalyst for positive life experiences. It's like what you're doing. That's it, Mindy. Now I know exactly what happened. I, I I was deep in my reading when I came across this exact article. Hold the phone, Guy Raz. A minute ago, you said that this was a 
journal of some kind, but it doesn't look like any journal I've ever read. Well, it actually looks more like a magazine, only not really because it doesn't have any photographs nope. or a little pull-out things to spit your gum in. So uh, what exactly is it? This is a scientific journal, which is a, a sort of a cross between a book and a magazine, but inside there are articles written by by scientists. Oh, okay, so like stories. Well, kind of. But the articles are usually based on the research or the experiments the scientists have conducted. And once they've discovered something new or some interesting information, they write an article for a scientific journal. Oh, like weekly scientist homework. Sounds easy enough. Well, believe it or not, Mindy, these articles can sometimes take years and years to write because once a scientist or a group of scientists write their article, they have to send it to other scientists and professors to review the article. So you mean like to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Well, yeah, it's called peer review and it's one of the most important parts of getting a new discovery or observation or theory out into the world. And if other scientists and professors think the article is correct without any mistakes, then it gets published in an academic journal. Okay, I got it. So basically, scientists don't release their big discoveries out into the wild until they've had their scientist friends check their work first. Yeah. But what I want to know is how reading this journal article led you, of all people, to play Pokemon Go, Guy Raz. Uh, oh, right. Uh, of course. Well, Busted. you see, I was reading this article written by a team of researchers at the University of Wisconsin, and they were very curious about the game Pokemon Go. Okay. And Mindy, they wanted to know who were the kinds of people who seemed to be Pokemon Go players. Probably the same kind of people who would go out in public wearing a giant Pikachu onesie, uh, which I'm only doing because it was on sale. Uh, and because I had a little accident in the costume shop. Do you remember last summer when it seemed like everyone and their brothers and sisters were playing Pokemon Go? Oh yeah, it got so crazy that I was actually sleepwalking and playing Pokemon Go at the same time. Uh, I got to level 40, got 45 Ultra Balls, two lucky eggs, nine lure models, and then when I woke up, all I had was a bag of stray cats. I had to go back to bed, but first I had to find my way home. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so as I was saying, Mindy, last year, as Pokemon Go started to get really popular, some researchers at the University of Wisconsin started to ask lots and lots of people about their lives. Like, what kinds of things they like to do for fun? Yeah, exactly. And also questions about their friends, whether they make new friends easily, and questions about whether they like to do physical activity, like play sports, and do you know what they found out, Mindy? Nope, but I know this is the part where you spill the beans. Well, believe it or not, Mindy, after researching 400 people, they found that Pokemon Go players tend to be happier, more positive, friendlier, and more physically active than the average person. What? Just from playing Pokemon Go? Well, 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 not not exactly. I, I should be clear about this, Mindy, because playing Pokemon Go or, or any games on your phone or iPad will not turn you into a friendlier or happier or more positive person. 
to, to be all of those things takes work, and it starts by doing small things like smiling and... And not feeding your friends breadsticks from the garbage. Yes. And saying, I'm sorry for your loss every time someone loses a tooth. Yeah, exactly. That type of stuff. So... Just playing Pokemon Go will not do any of that, but what the researchers found is that there is a correlation or a connection between nice and friendly people and people who play Pokemon Go. Yeah, but isn't that a coincidence? I mean, I know a lot of nice people who like to play other games like Poop or Chocolate uh, or Apples to Apples. Well, that that's a very good point, Mindy. And, and you're right. I mean, I love Apples to Apples. And as you know, sometimes I can be grumpy. So does that tell us anything? Uh, yeah, no. But back to your question, Mindy. You know, one of the things the researchers noticed was that there were also people who played Pokemon Go who wanted to be friendly, but were a little bit shy. Yeah, so like when you're really friendly, but you get a little bit nervous around new people. Exactamundo, Mindy. But the researchers also noticed that these shy people who liked to play Pokemon Go were less shy when they played the game. In other words, the game made them feel less shy when they'd show up at a Pokestop like the Pokemon Gym where... You know, they'd often find other real live humans at that very same location. And when the shy players got there, they were more likely than usual to strike up a conversation with other people. Okay, so the theory here is that playing games like Pokemon Go could actually make shy people less shy? Mindy, that is definitely part of the theory, but I want to be crystal clear here. Screen time in all of its forms should be limited because you know what happens if you spend too much time in front of the screen, right? Oh, just let me Google that on my phone. Yeah. Oh, got it. It, it turns, turns your, your brain, brain to, to mush. mush. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, okay, m- maybe not mush, but our human bodies were designed to move and walk and play. Pokemon Go! It... Our human bodies were designed to move and walk and play Pokemon Go! I... Come on it! <sighs> That's not what you meant, is it? Nope. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Sarah, and I am nine years old. So, Sarah, tell me about a big wow in your world. Well, two summers ago, I went to China with my friend and my parents. And they were from China, so they showed us all around China. And something really cool that I saw was the biggest Buddha in the world. What in the world is a Buddha? Um, it's a huge statue that um, the Chinese kind of praised, kind of like a god, and it brought them good luck of something. For example, the one that I saw, they carved it um, out of stone, and it was ru- they had a lot of tides, and it was ruining their village, so th- this one was built to see if they could stop all the tides. And they chunked out so much rock and it fell into the river that it actually stopped almost all the tides. They thought that the Buddha did it, which in a way it kind of did, but not in the way that they thought it did it. So So like a happy accident. Yeah. If the Buddha could bring good luck to you in some area, what would you want it to be? I'm not quite sure, but 
probably have all my friends come to the lake house. You need friends like, I don't know, like me, maybe? Yeah. I'll see you there. Okay. Wow in the World, we'll be right back. Grown-ups, this message is for you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for top talent, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Let ZipRecruiter's powerful technology match your job to the right candidates and use their simple dashboard to find the right hire. That's why 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com wow. Support also comes from Tara's Kitchen. Exploration in the kitchen shouldn't take hours or make a huge mess. That's why Tara's Kitchen created nutritionist-designed, kid-friendly meal kits that serve a family of four. Recipe ingredients for meals like cheeseburger pizza are delivered washed, measured, and chopped so kids can help. Plus, meals are done in under 30 minutes, so you can cook while you listen to Wow in the World together. Join at terraskitchen.com and get three meals free with promo code WOW. That's it! Back to the show! What a lovely day for a walk outside in the great outdoors. The birds are chirping, the, the leaves are green, and and you haven't made a peep, Mindy. Uh, Mindy? Shh, shh. Uh, are you shushing me? <gasps> no, Guy Raz, I'm shushing that jet plane that just flew up above our heads. Uh, you just hear its pollution just wafting through the atmosphere? Yeah, I guess I just didn't notice it. I I usually notice pollution from cars and factories. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. There are lots of different types of pollution to give a hoot about. Yeah. There's water pollution and air pollution and soil pollution and even light pollution. Which happens in big cities when there is too much artificial or human-created light that reaches up into the sky and can block out our view of the stars. Or when you throw your used light bulbs out the window when you're done using them. Uh, what I'm here for today, Guy Raz, is to help clean up some of this noise pollution! What, what did you say? I can't I can't hear you over all this noise, Mindy. Um, can we just turn off the world for a sec? <sighs> Thank you. Much better. Guy Raz. Here we are, lost out here in the wilderness. We're lost? Oh, well, I mean, I left a trail of breadcrumbs, but then I got hungry and I ate them all. You what? Garaz, being lost out here in the middle of nowhere is the least of our problems right now. What, what, what was that sound? Was that was that a bear? No, that was a train. A bear train? Oh, boy. Garaz, let me tell you about a scientist named Rachel Buxton. She's an acoustic ecologist from the University of Colorado, which basically means she studies sound and she's a really good listener. Oh, yeah, my old neighbor used to be an acoustic ecologist, which means that she studies sound and its relationship between humans and our environment. You know everything. Yeah. But I bet you don't know this. Uh. Rachel Buxton and her team spent 10 years measuring millions of hours of sound in 492 protected wildlife areas across the United States. And what kind of sounds were they measuring? Well, first they were measuring the background sounds. So like the sounds of birds chirping and bees buzzing and leaves rustling through the trees. And bears? Like the one walking up behind you right now? Ah! Just kidding, there's no bear. That's just a baby mountain lion. Ah! Guy Raz, why did you scream like that? You scared him away. 
Hey! Oh, no. Guy Ross. Anywho, so as I was saying, first these scientists measured and recorded the natural sounds, or the background sound levels, and then they recorded the human-made noises, like planes and cars and machinery and ATVs. And what did they discover? Well, they discovered that in most of these places, the noise created by humans was double the level of the nature sound. Wow. And in some of the places studied, the human-created noise was ten times as loud as the background nature sounds. So if pollution is the introduction of something harmful to an environment, what effects does human-created noise have on these wildlife areas? Well, for one, animals count on the sounds of nature to hear things like a predator creeping up. Or maybe their mom or dad or sister or brother hanging out. Yeah, and noise pollution has already affected the habitats of some endangered species, like the San Bernardino kangaroo rat in California and the San Marcos salamander in Texas. So is there anything being done to stop these crazy levels of noise pollution? Yeah, so in some protected wildlife areas, shuttle buses carry people into and out of the parks to cut down on the amount of cars and their traffic noises. And in other areas, they make sure that planes fly over roads and not over the wildlife areas themselves. And what about the other kinds of human-made noise, like motorboats or snowmobiles? Well, in places like Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming, they're already cutting down on those types of things. Same with planes flying over the Grand Canyon in Arizona. So what can we do, Mindy? Well, right now, the best thing that we can do is help spread the word about how important natural sounds are to wildlife and by following the signs and the rules when you visit protected wildlife areas like national parks. But most of all, if we just stop to appreciate the sounds of silence in nature, we'll start to value it more, and that's a good thing all around. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, no, 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 Guy Raz. Guy Raz, you woke up the bear. Guy Raz, there's really a bear. He looks angry. He's creeping up on you. Guy Raz, this is not the kind of sounds of silence I was talking about. Oh, boy. Guy Raz, get over here. We're okay. Yeah, totally okay. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wow in the World this week. And parents, if you want to continue the conversation with your kids, we've posted some questions about this episode at our website, wowintheworld.com. And while you're there, you can find links to some of the sources we use to tell our stories this week. Also, we love hearing from you. You can write us at hello at wowintheworld.com. Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Say hello, Jed. Hello. Our theme song, Wow in the World, was written and performed by The Pop-Ups. Check them out at thepopups.com. And big thanks to Sarah for sharing a wow in her world with us. Sarah, that was awesome. We'll have a brand new episode later this week. So check back in just three sleeps for a special Thursday edition of Wow in the World. See you then. Can't wait for it. was made by Tinkercast and sent to you by NPR. Hey, grown-ups! thanks for checking out Wow in the World with your kids this week. If you're looking for another podcast to try on your own time, how about NPR's Planet Money? Even though you think you know, give it a fresh listen. 
They're like your smart friends that help you understand complicated things you never even knew you wanted to know. And about all kinds of topics, like who creates all of those made-up seeming holidays. Find Planet Money on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.